What's up, everyone? These are the High Street Freaks. We're uh, joining you again. Um, still no fancy intro music. We're, we're going to work on that, I promise. Um, Ryan Yeoman's is, podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Brian is back from Mexico. I guess the CIA released you. Is what, What's the story there? You, big, well, big deal. There's a little there's a little confusion as to whether these operatives were cartel or CIA, but I'm always saying, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, <laughs> so, Did they so, give you any cool drugs, at least, to try to brainwash you? Fucking, I wish, dude. They were just telling me about all... You know what? I did read an article. Oh, it was actually... Was it in your WMDs about that guy, the Wired article about the guy making all new psychedelics? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, man, know. that guy's a fed 100%, right? That guy is... The, <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I read an article yeah. and the guy was like 12 different times and he was like, and by the way, I really hate the DEA. I don't like those guys <laughs> at all. And I was like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... No, yeah, but uh, made it back from Mexico, had a good time on the beach. Now I'm here in you know lovely, sunny Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I'm watching the Yankees. I'm eating some slices. I'm walking over here. Uh it's been great, man. You you got me though, because uh, I I told my wife that uh, me and DJ were doing our podcast together because you're in Mexico. She's like, I want to go to Mexico, and so now she <laughs> she's talking. She's like making plans for us to go to Tulum in like February or something like Let's that. Let's go, so. dude. People love Tulum. I still I, I never been specifically to Tulum. People love it there. I've been there, man. Over bro, don't go go to Playa del Carmen, like. It, you go, you fly into Cancun, you go to Playa del Carmen, and then you hit Tulum. Stay in Playa del Carmen, brother. The beaches, are, they got a big seaweed problem down there in Tulum. Be like, they don't know where it's coming from. They think it's coming from like the Amazon. Like, you'll see it on Instagram, but what they aren't showing you is there are like piles of seaweed every wow. morning that just like wash up. And then, like, the resorts will have to like, they bring in like bulldozers and they have to push yeah. it in like these giant piles, bro. And it's like, it smells nasty. I had a lot more fun in the Playa del Carmen. You can go skydiving. The beaches are better. The water is better. Like, uh, Riviera Maya, I believe, has the same seaweed problem, if I remember correctly. But here's my opinion, though, is like you're talking about like a 30-mile difference along one coast. All those places are the same yeah, place. Right. <laughs> True. Like <laughs> anything on the Yucatan Peninsula is great. It's 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 amazing. Like, you know, uh, the Mayans had it right for Aztecs. What well, Aztecs from the Yucatan, I suppose. Yeah. Mayans are more Guatemala. The Mayans had something figured out down there. You know, they know what they're doing. Uh, I'd recommend checking it out. Anyway, yeah, we know you come here for your, your Mexico travel advice. So that, we're just going to rebrand the podcast. So, but uh, I, I think Ryan Ryan has some some controversial captain takes. We're going. Who are Ohio State's captains? I'm, I'm sure. You yeah, so Ohio State right named now. captains this week. Uh, the quarter, the it's a uh, you know, quarterback CJ Shroud, Cam Bab, uh, Kate Stover, the uh, Ohio MAGA tight end. Uh, we have Tyler Friday at defensive end, Tommy Eichenberg at linebacker, and Court Williams at safety. Uh, here's my complaint: it's CJ Shroud and five guys that suck. What's up with that? Why do our Why do all of our captains suck? Why don't we have good players at captain? I think it's just like the default coaching brain, you know. Like we, we just the captains have to be the guys who have like shown up at 5 a.m. and like worked really hard and like hopefully it's just like their kind of way of like honoring their commitment to the program and not like signifying, you know, the reps to come because I feel, yeah. I, I mean, no offense to these guys. Cause I mean, I, I, if these guys are getting the line, line shares of snaps at their positions, 
We're done. I, mean, I, I don't feel. I don't really yeah, feel we're right. putting our best eleven out there, which is the sole purpose <laughs> of having a coach in the first place. But yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like they've done it a few years in a row. I mean, several years in a row now. Where it, it seems like it's just not a it's not a team vote, right? It's just like the team gets to vote, and then they just pick who the captains are afterwards. Like they kind of like let the team have a say, and they decide who's the captain after that yeah. happens. There's not like the team doesn't have the final say on who the captains are, which uh, which obviously kind of sucks because. I mean, I don't know, dude. Like some of these guys are, I'm sure they're great kids and all. Like it's nice that Cameron Babb and, and Tyler Friday are here for their 19th years after coming back from all these injuries, but uh, they shouldn't be like among the top six guys. He's their positions in the snap count this year. Uh, right. Like Tommy Eichenberg is going to start, I guess he's another starter on here, but uh, Kate Stover is just taking away snaps from good players at wide receiver. If he's in the field, uh, you know, like court Williams uh, is a, a, maybe a, the second string or third string safety with no real position is going to play like Sam linebacker and rare packages. Like seems like a good player, but we haven't seen anything from him. Uh, maybe that was exciting. It's going to be a sign of things to come, but the rest of these captaincies, I'm just like kind of bummed out by. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't really know how much it matters. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I think it would be a problem if like, I, it's one of those things that just becomes a problem when it's a problem. But like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that the, it, it might be just kind of like a safe move from the coaching staff too. Cause like, you know, that these kids aren't going to like, at least hopefully, you know, that these kids are probably the least likely to like embarrass you or to come out with like a stupid headline or get like suspended sure. for something stupid. That's not to say it hasn't happened. JT Barrett, but like, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I, I don't mind it. And it's very clear that like cam Bab or whatever, super respected. So like, I, I don't mind it, but yeah, it is, it is odd that like notoriously like, the captains are like the worst starters. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get real hot takey with it, you could say that like when these guys are in like adverse situations in the Ryan day regime, like whether it's Alabama or Michigan or whatever you want to call it, and are really not responding in those games and kind of pushing back late in those fourth quarters, maybe it's because they don't have any on-field leadership because all the captains are backups who suck. Uh, like that's something <laughs> to point to. <laughs> I don't know. In my I opinion. Mean- <laughs> that that's real though. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, the other thing is that, I think some of the best players are guys who haven't been with the program very long because the reality is that the best players are the guys who come in, they start as freshmen, they start as sophomores and they're gone by their junior year. And so that really doesn't lend itself to like you earning the respect and the trust of your teammates and your coaching stuff, because by the time you earn it, you're gone, you know, you're a first round pick, you know? Um, So I, I, I think that could play a role too. Like the reason why the guy like, they're the guys who are here in their fifth years or whatever. So, um, I mean, I, I get it. It makes sense, but I don't know. It, it, it's not, I don't think it's like a huge issue or anything, but you're right. That, that might actually play a role as if like your starters, your star players aren't leading on the field than like who is. So I guess it's good news that CJ Stroud's a captain, but, and I think he's, he started to kind of fill that role at the end of the year too. Yeah. That's been the word. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys have also had this off season. He seems to really be stepping in and kind of embracing that, that like leadership role, which that's, that's exciting. I mean, I'm pumped about that. Uh, Cause he was definitely a quieter guy last year. He wanted to see more of that from, I thought. Yeah. And I mean, he'd say that too. Like he'd say, I kind of just let my play doing the talk, which do the talking, which is like, that's really not what you want to hear from a quarterback. Like I, I hear that all the time. I think Justin Fields said that a few times, like, Oh, I just let my play do the talking. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, but like you, you're, you have to like lead your offense. You have to lead your team. Like somebody has to right. do it. So, um, it, and it I also believe Justin Fields was not a captain, right? You, I mean, uh, his, his, uh, was he, no, he was a captain in 2020. I don't yeah, think he was first year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, just kidding. 2020, not his uh, first year. Sorry, but last year, 
Yeah, last year, CJ Shaw was also not a captain. Yeah. So, which makes sense for a Richard freshman. Yeah. It, <laughs> to be fair. Well, I, I, the, the weirdest one was when JT Barrett was a captain in 2015, and then they made Cardell Jones the starting quarterback. Mm. So, uh, it's giving South Orland vibes. Yeah. 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 That was <laughs> all around. That was, uh, 2015 I mean, was a weird time, though. The captain's the last. You want to go back to the four years of the day era. So, like I said, this year it's Stroud, Babb, Stover, Friday, Eichenberg, and Court Williams. Uh, last year, you had Babb was also a captain. You had Haskell Garrett, um, who did have an All-American season. Allegedly, I, I wouldn't call it that, but he did get voted as one. <laughs> they, had, <laughs> got they, had Zach Har- they had Zach Harrison. So Zach Harrison got demoted this year, I guess, from captain to non-captain. Taraja Mitchell was a captain who also got demoted this year. Uh, Thayer Munford was a captain. Uh, and Chris Olave was a captain. Uh, in 2020, you had Wyatt Davis, Tuff Borland, Sean Wade, Justin Hilliard, Justin Fields, uh, Jonathan Cooper, and Josh Myers. Um, a lot of a lot of guys that year. Uh, yeah. 2019, you had Tough Borland as well with J.K. Dobbins, Master T, K.J. Hill, C.J. Saunders, and Chase Young. So some of, some of them. It's it, there's like a I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a weird number. Like um, I don't know. Like there was a a, a Chase Young thrown in there, a, a Wyatt Davis thrown in there. Right. So yeah, I mean. I don't know. I just think in general this year looks kind of weak to me. Last year was kind of weak. I'd, I'd like to get, uh, I don't know, just get some, let's get some of these seniors off the team. Let's get these guys out the door. Like, let's go get a job. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rikert Automotive. Yeah. Let's go get them on the Buckeye Scoop uh, posting, uh, <laughs> posting <laughs> careers. <laughs> uh, I don't get these guys out the door. They need to do it. Like, there's too many captains in the kitchen, man. They need to do it like either just have one captain or maybe like one per offense and one per defense. Well, I, I think, uh, I think yeah, one, one per position. What the hell are we doing with all this all these years? I've always there's no method. There's no rhyme. There's no reason to it. You know, then you yeah. got too many captains, you know? Like, it's just, I don't know. You, It's one of those questions where, like, if you have a credential, you could go and you could ask them, be like, hey, like, you know, when it comes to like leadership, do do the players themselves like look at the captains, or is it just more of like you know a bright red, uh, bright yellow star, um, you know, from the coaching staff? They would you, never you give think, you a straight. You would have right. to actually be in the locker room because maybe if it is like you know these those are the guys we look to the leadership, then yeah, that is going to be a problem late in the game, and they're on the they're on the sidelines. But if there are like other leaders in the room, and it's more just kind of a, you know a figurehead like the Queen of England type of role. You know, she might be dead too now that I think about it. But if it's kind of like that, then, you know, I'm, I'm less concerned about some of these picks and what they may pretend. Right. Well, you have to wonder too if, if MI6 was involved in uh, in Thayer Munford's injuries at all last year, now that you say it that way. I mean, you, you got to wonder was he driving through a tunnel at any point in time? I don't know what was going on there. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little Princess Diana joke for the Buckeyes. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah right, right. That, that, we're we're going we're gonna to see who that one lands with. Because yeah. there's always like, I operate by the rule, like anytime you make a reference, Online, there's always going to be people like who don't get it, and just people tunnel. What's he talking about? Tunnel and Columbus. Like, <laughs> I, I think most people, most people would get it, right? Princess Diana yeah. had like a resurgence yeah. lately, right? Yeah, she had a resurgence like in the annoying way where it's like getting redone as propaganda like 30 years later, where it's like, right. oh, like this was so sad for her, like she just got unlucky marrying the royal family, like 
Come on, come on. Right. <laughs> she was remember, stressed. I, she she had she had adult ADHD and she she was anxious. <laughs> I remember my mom crying, wishing like like we were in a Dublin hotel room. I remember my mom crying over it, like ninety seven or whatever it was, and like in re- I was just like, oh man, Princess died, died. Like how you know, I was like, wow, that's a big deal. Like looking back, it's like what the hell. Like why would you care? <laughs> like we fought an entire war in this country not to care about pervert island. And they're like little bloodborne divine right kings and queens. Like we don't, I don't, I just don't get Americans. That, that's that's remember, an amazing uh, take. Yeah. We fought an entire war to not care about this. It really is like to me though. Like some, it's if I see someone posting groups, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> if I see someone posting about the Royals, I am legitimately annoyed. I'm like, come on! Like if you're an American posting about Royals at all, DJ, shut the fuck up. DJ used to have. He shared with us a screenshot of his old Twitter account of all the muted phrases in his Twitter account. And his Twitter account was locked down like Fort Knox. Like I, I think like <laughs> the tweets just don't make it to his timeline. Like he had like 16 that were just like horse based so that like not a single thing like, was related to the Kentucky Horses. Derby or anything else would. I had all of the, uh, I had all of the astrology signs muted at one point, all of the yeah. astrology sign names have been muted on mine. Uh, I had everything related to F1 for a good while. You did because that, that has just been a pissing pissing me off. Uh, F1's got F1. Just people just started talking about it out of nowhere. I'm like, okay. Yeah, they don't watch a Netflix show, dude. It's like they act like countercultural. <laughs> you watch the so, same Netflix documentary. That's what so it was. I actually, instead of muting every now and then, I got really big in college. Um, if somebody's tweet would get like retweeted onto my timeline, and I like went to their profile, I'd like preemptively block them. If nice. I didn't like them, there was like, I just don't want to interact with you ever in the future. And I know that already. And so one time I'm sitting in class and it was like a journalism class. And the professor made a, a huge point to like, follow your, your classmates on Twitter. Like they're going to be your networking, something like oh, that. No. And I hear this girl oh, across the room go, Kevin, why do you have me blocked on Twitter? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> but that's absolutely what it was. Is at some point in her one of her tweets got retweeted across my timeline, and I looked at her, her Twitter account and was like, "Uh, no, thank you." For several years, I fought the good fight of blocking every promoted tweet that I got, every brand that came up. That's, I would just block I'll do the that. account. And but that, that, you, get, you start getting some really weird promoted tweets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I bet yeah, you do. Uh, but it's too much effort, honestly. Like, what do I care? The brand, it they've is. won. Just scroll. Just scroll. <laughs> yeah. I'll just scroll further. But, yeah, all the Ohio State captains suck, uh, except for CJ Stroud. Um, which, which, which lends us to the, the most important captain. <laughs> C, or, uh, um, Cameron Babb got the, the Block O jersey. Um, wow. So what, what, what do you, what do you, first off, what do you think? What are you guys doing to celebrate? What are you, what are you doing to celebrate? You <laughs> I'm liking, I'm liking this and I'm sharing it on Instagram. I might comment later. I'll, I'll tell you. I, I, I mean, I like him, Bab, honestly. He seems like, like a great I, kid. Yeah. yeah. You know, he seems like a great guy and I'm cheering for like the, you know, I'm like guys that are injured. I'm always cheering for him. Like this is the year to get healthy. But come on. Uh, we really, like, I, was th- I was thinking about this earlier before the show. I really can't think of a guy that, like, suffered a bunch of, like, injuries and came back to be, uh, you know, a productive member of the team. I guess Johnny, Johnny Dixon. Dixon. Johnny Dixon. Yeah. Was, like, yeah. the one name that I came up with that, like, 
you know, Justin Hillier out to of a the point injury too. tunnel. I would agree with Hilliard, Hilliard as well. Justin Hillier was a big one. Yeah, that's I mean, he, he was he was legit good. Like at the end of his his last year, yeah. like, he was legit good. So yeah, I, sure. I think those two. Those two. You can and argue. I, I mean, like uh, uh, there were some of the some of the early uh, tackles, right? Like didn't Chase Ferris get banged up a bunch when he finally started? Yeah, remember that correctly. Yeah, and that was that's yeah. like that's fifteen fucking years ago when he got to campus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Names a sentence, but, uh, by the way, Chase Ferris. Nice. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I'm kind, I'm kind of on the same train as DJ. Like, I, I like to see people do that, and but like to the same, like, he, he, even if he was like actually good, like, which is a very real possibility to be clear, like he could be like just fine and would have started five years ago. But like, look at the receivers ahead of him. Like, uh, exactly, does not. They don't need him to perform, and he's realistically not not going to play in meaningful minutes. Like that's, and it's, even if he's good, even if he's good, so I I wish him the best. I, I'm you know proud of him, I guess, for sticking around and um, wish him the best and like proving himself, whatever. And maybe he'll have a, a strong NFL future or something like that. I mean, CJ Stroud or CJ Saunders is uh, doing it with the Carolina Panthers, and he was a walk on. So I mean, it it's fine. I'm glad. I'm glad he yeah. seems to be making a productive impact on the locker room. But like, like you said, like you're, you're going to go celebrate. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, like you're pointing out too, it's not the same roster anymore. Right. Like whatever Johnny Dixon uh, finally got healthy and contribute, he could walk they in and be him. like one of, they needed, I mean, he was one of like six receivers contributing that season. And, uh, you know, I think Paris Campbell and KJ Hill got more targets, but the next four guys all were pretty even with, uh, Terry McLaurin, Johnny Dixon, Ben Victor and yeah. Austin Mack. They all kind of split. Split reps there. Crazy sentence in retrospect considering what Terry McLaurin's got to do. Right. But uh, uh, no, but uh, yeah, I mean, and now you look at the, what's the upside for, for Cam Babb, right? Like his best case scenario, he's still behind, you know, assuming these four guys stay healthy, he's still behind uh, JSN, Harrison, Fleming, and Buka, right? It's just like, right. he's not going to, and and probably behind Jaden Ballard too at this point. Like, I don't see a, a scenario oh, where a healthy Babb passes those five guys healthy either. So like number six receiver, Maybe catches 10, 15 balls this year. Like, that's, I hope that'd be a great story. I mean, it makes a big play in a big game or something like that. But I mean, I'm just, yeah, uh, I, mean, I was going to say, maybe he gets a big play in a game. Yeah. yeah like, third, he has the Ben Victor, yeah. The Ben Victor Penn State play, yeah. <laughs> or the well, Austin I, I, I Michigan even, play. I even yeah. remember, um, I even remember CJ Saunders back in, I guess it was 2017, that Penn State game. He had like a crucial third down catch. And like, I went ballistic when I saw the ball going to him. Like, what the hell is going on? And he caught it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, like I, I mean, I don't know. That's 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 not what you I mean, want to see. Is a, a, a walk-on receiver? Sounds like he's uh, gonna make the team. It does. It, it sounds like he's gonna make a make the Carolina Panthers, which is good for absolutely him. Wild. I mean, Better not, than not JT even Barrett ever did. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry for the sideways shot at JT. But <laughs> I mean, not even not even like, like make what the hell I do, man. <laughs> no, noted a noted listener, JT Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, oh yeah, it's, 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 have you guys seen the, the Fifty Cent video? The uh, he's saying fuck Ti, fuck Nelly, fuck Fifty. What did I do? I <laughs> Anyway, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. I uh, I was just gonna say, like, hey, that's that that is wild. Like, I think DJ wrote about it in a kegger. Um, like, CJ Saunders is like gonna make that team <laughs> a walk-on receiver, and he was he's been out of football for like two, almost three years, I think, at this point. And he's like, and then not even just gonna like make the team. Like, they're talking like he's gonna like be their slot receiver. Like, that's absolutely insane. Just good for him. Uh, but him, um, and ba- him and Baker. Yeah, they're gonna, right. They're, they're gonna they're gonna love him down there. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Which, uh, which, by the way, speaking of the kegger, we probably should, we probably forgot to say this one. Uh, you guys should subscribe to me at midfield.com if you're listening to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's our website. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a website. We have a website. Yeah, the, the, the forgot three that of part. us and plus uh, some other some other characters. Um, some ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. Yeah, right. Subscribe to me at midfield.com. We've got a sponsor, too. We got a sponsor. Should we do? Should we drop? I mean, yeah. I guess by the time you guys yeah, are listening to well. this, uh, Homefield has announced the news that they are coming out with their uh, Ohio State release. If you guys don't know Homefield Apparel, it's the best uh, college football T-shirt company in the game. One I don't of the think best. it's close either. Yeah, yeah, it's not competitive. Uh, way better than those bums at Homage. We'll say that. Uh, <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Homefield's awesome, man. They're, they're dropping their. It's the first ever Ohio State drop they're doing. Uh, they just dropped Penn State last week. They've had a lot of other teams in the Big Ten. Um, they finally got everything cleared with Ohio State. It's going to be their uh, biggest drop uh, of the year is what we're shooting for. Uh, it's going to be right before the season comes. It's it's great. They have fantastic clothing. We'll be showing some off the website all week. Um, we'll be teasing some stuff for you guys on there. Uh, and also, if you use the code uh, meet at midfield, M-E-E-T-A-T-M-I-D-F-I-E-L-D, uh, you get 15% off your first order, uh, and they will know we sent you. So please do that. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be sick. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, we're big fans of theirs. Uh, I'll be sporting some gear on the timeline this week. So if my my broad shoulder is wearing a little Buckeye gear, don't convince you to buy something. I don't know what will. I mean, I'm pretty much the ideal model for any any company, I believe. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got a very... Uh... Mixed, mixed bag of uh, the Iceland, the Icelandic weightlifter, <laughs> right? Demographic. Gonna be the first man to bench 350 in a home field shirt, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else we got going on? What the fuck else is happening in Buckeye world? Uh, get some, we, we, some black stripes. We, we can talk black stripes. I, I I will say, I will say, I was telling uh, Brian and probably DJ, it, it has been refreshing to just like not actually have to like pretend that I care that much about black stripes getting removed. Oh yeah. I mean, cause like it's, it, it's absolutely just like a motivational tactic, right? Like it doesn't actually mean anything, right? Like, are we on the same page there? Yeah. hundred percent. Like, I think maybe you could say like, if a surprising one happens, it's like maybe that guy compete a little better than we thought early on. Like if it, it's followed up with some other like praise by other players, I'm maybe kind of like, Oh, okay. Maybe this guy is like, Got on a little quicker than they thought he would, yeah. but that means nothing to me in the grand scheme of his career. I don't care if he had a good first week of fall camp I, for Christ's sake. I will, I will say though, we're talking CJ Saunders. He was the first to have his black stripe removed in that class. I remember notoriously a walk on because I think it was like the 2017 class. Uh, like, what the fuck? Like the, a walk on? You brought in all these kids, and a walk on's the first one to shed his stripe. So yeah, Urban did maybe, that. Urban did that too. Like in like with some wide receiver or something from Cincinnati, like in 2013, I want to say he did it. But it was like a it was walk on, and he drove like a BMW. And he's like posting on Twitter, and I was like, oh, me and this kid wouldn't get along. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I uh. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, the first one in this class is Kai Stokes, who kind of was like, I think, one of their lower-rated signees, right? He was like a barely a four-star prospect, number yeah. 350 or something in the class. Uh, yeah, I mean, so far it's been Kai Stokes, Caden Curry, uh, Jair Brown, who just dropped his this week, and uh, CJ Hicks, who just dropped his yesterday at the time of this record, is the first four freshmen. And they also had uh, Tanner McAllister and Chip Trayonum lost theirs as transfers. I, uh, I just I just can't pretend that this matters when like right. there have been players playing <laughs> in games that have not lost their black stripe yet. Like I yes. that has happened multiple times. And so like you, you can't tell me that like they're not an official member of the team when it's like 
they're playing in games. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. Unfortunately, I guess we do have to podcast about something until the season gets here and we can talk about real football. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So and thanks for thanks for the content, I guess. But yeah. But yeah. <laughs> thanks for the content, you little you little hogs. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean that's all this is, right? They're just they're just feeding people who don't want to learn how to write new story ideas, just more more concepts during the offseason. It's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean it's effective propaganda, you know. I mean, it works. People post about it. We we had them pre-written at Eleven Warriors. We, I mean, <laughs> shows you how much that these matter. We literally pre-wrote every story and just said like, this player becomes the latest to shed his black stripe. He did. He was ranked this in high school. Congratulations. You know, like I. I love when I love when the thing of like uh, the recruiting reporters get the quotes from the commitments ahead of time and then promise the recruit they won't leak it. And then like while the kids sitting at the table right before he announces, they'll put in their prediction pick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I always love that. Yeah, uh, that's good shit. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Minutes. What do you guys think of? The, I mean, okay. Oh yeah, let's well, let's, 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 <laughs> we'll let's do the guys. Second. Let's at least let's at least uh, talk through these guys that lost there so far, just to run down the players. Uh, C.J. Hicks, latest one. I don't know. You guys have any? Like ex- yeah, I like. I, like guys, I mean, two linebackers yeah. have lost their black stripes last week with C.J. Hicks and Chip Trianum, and they've both gotten talked up a lot by Knowles and the other players in the, in the position group. Um, if, if you would have told me at this point last year that we were talking about a kid who transferred from a, a running back who transferred to Ohio state to play linebacker and like they were legitimately expecting him to like participate in some capacity, I would have lost my mind. But after yeah. seeing what steel chambers did last year, like I'm willing to give it a shot. Like I am. And, and it's not like, like he was a, he was a slouch in high school either. Like Ohio state wanted him to play linebacker at high school. So it's not, I don't know. It's 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 not a problem. It's not but, crazy, but yeah, I would say if we do it a third time, not gonna be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that'll be a problem. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I guess the thing is, the thing I keep coming back to is, I, I whatever, I'm fine with it. They expect they brought these guys in for a reason to play. Uh, why would you also bring back uh, Paliene Otete and uh, Taraja Mitchell if you are going to like not even have them in the top? Like, why are you having two six-year linebackers so, who aren't in the top four or five of your position group to just take up other snaps from young players instead? Yeah, that, that is that? weird. That is weird. And I, I think <laughs> like on some level, like uh, Ohio State is going to have problems now like filling a roster. I think that's the reality and it shouldn't be, but like, unless they take a bunch of transfers, like, like uh, Alabama does Ohio state's going to have problems filling a roster because you just see the exodus of players, especially with the one-time transfer being a thing now um, that they realize things aren't shaken up for them on the roster and they leave. And so like, I think Ohio state had a record number of transfers this off season. And so like, there's going to be roster space for those guys who just want to hang around because those are the rare guys. So I yeah, think like, those I, the guys you should be pushing to be part of the Exodus. Like if you're, if there's going to be an Exodus, don't you want those guys to be leading the absolutely. fucking way out the front door? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, <laughs> I think, I think, I think the thing is, the thing is like that Ryan day has to like, you know, ac- like pl- do it accordingly. Cause like, it, it's like, if you want to stick around, that's fine. But you're going to get passed or you have been passed. And that's what I want to see. Like if, if Taraja Mitchell or like, you know, th- those guys want to stick around and they want to come back for another year, like by all means do it. Yeah. There's get your accounting space. degree. I don't care. Yeah. yeah get your but, accounting degree, but don't expect to yeah, play. Right. And, and that's fine. And, and, <laughs> and, like, and if you're like your sticks, you ain't going to get your degree anyway. Right. <laughs> Six years. That was my plan, brother. Like, I, should, I should be a doctor. <laughs> oh, like, but my, 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 with the transfer, I mean, Nick Saban's using it, right? 
Right. I mean, he seems to know a thing or two. And my thing is, okay, I, I, I really, this is probably too much of a hot take. And it's probably, not, it's probably something I wouldn't have said, you know, back in the olden days. But like, if you're a six year player, like they say in soccer, if you're 20, if you're 20, by the time you're 21, if you're not around the first team, it's over for you, brother. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go, you know, go play, you know, you're going down a division. I mean, these guys, you know, fifth, six, I mean, I love a good story. But come on, man. Like, and, and now with the trend, you know, and now with the transfer portal, there are always going to be players who fall through the cracks, who are undersized, who are this or that coming out of high school. And we're Ohio State, you know, whatever position we need, there are people out there who want to move up. And, you know, we should be side by side with Alabama. I mean, we can offer yeah. degrees, we it can offer the alumni network. Me I mean, off. once, once Brian Shunstein goes to, to, Prison for tax fraud. You know we can we can oh, go for not actionable with anybody. You know yeah. it, it's like it's like every year. Oh, there's not this isn't a good quarterback in this class. There's a good quarterback out there. You guys just make millions of dollars. Go find them. Yeah, <laughs> it's, well, and I mean study, that's the thing is like. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, dude. I, I agree with what you're saying, hundred percent. And I, I think like people are going to hold on to the counter examples to prove the rule on this stuff, right? Like they're going to want six year players to stay around because Justin Hillier had four good games, yeah. Or, like, which is just just infuriating, right? It's like it's it's people not learning, uh, basically like the rule of large numbers and how this stuff usually right. plays out. Well, uh, and, yeah, and, and and the the transfer portal thing, like that that infuriates me too because that's the other side of the coin is like there are roster spots available because Ryan day is not using the transfer portal. He takes in like two, three players a, a, a year or whatever. And it's, he's saying like, well, it has to be the right fit or whatever. It's like, okay, but the right fit wins football games. I think everybody would be happy if, if you bring in like the best player who is going to win football games for you. Like, no, yeah, I don't give a fuck if Eli games. Ricks is a rude team. Yeah, right. I don't care if Eli Ricks is rude in the locker room. <laughs> it's, it's, he's going to start a corner. From, yeah. We've got a, <laughs> we've got a kicker playing corner now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He like, he, he absolutely like, he is going to be like one of the top corners in the country this year. And you yeah. said, no, no thing. And he wanted to come to Ohio state. Like allegedly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By, by, by all, by all accounts, it seemed like he wanted to come to Ohio State. And Jamir Gibbs, I mean, I, I, Ohio State's fine with Travion Henderson, but, like, Alabama was fine, too, you know? the Who was the, the linebacker last year that Alabama got? Oh, that, they just lost on that one, I think. But I know who you're talking yeah. about. They came from Tennessee. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they actually wanted him. Tuo Tuo, Henry Tuo Tuo, yeah. And then, and then Alabama got Jamison Williams, too. Like I like what the hell? Why 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 not? Why is Alabama just going and saying we will take the best players? Yeah, we we will take them. Uh, and, and I think yeah, I think part of it is just the willingness to process, right? I mean, like yeah. it's not it's not a negative. People use it as a negative. I don't mean it. And I mean like if a guy is better, they're getting past Alabama's roster. Alabama is not playing guys for seniority at like right. really any position I see. Like it happened a little bit for them for a while at linebacker and O line, and they seem to have fixed that problem. And then the counter argument is they basically now have to use transfers every single year to fill the roster spots, keep winning because guys are getting pissed off and transferring right. so frequently for them. But they're solving that by saying, like, I'd rather have their problem of like, oh shit, our talented young guys are playing too early and some like mediocre older players are leaving, which means we have roster holes. Let's go fill it by trying to find the top player exactly. from, a, from fucking Louisville to come play have, for us. You always yeah. have the best players. You're, you're getting the best high school players and they're playing. Right. And then the ones that don't play, you plug the position with the best available transfer. Yeah. Like, that's fine. And the degree, of, the degree of difficulty gets higher, but like, hey, that's why you get paid $8 million a year, pal. Like that's what... <laughs> <laughs> it's not supposed to be high school ball. Like you're, you're coaching at Ohio state. Like that's, it's supposed to be hard. And 
Uh, I mean, that's I, that's my biggest issue with it is we're basically taking the Clemson model, and uh, I, I don't feel good about no. it. I really do. No, no. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be Michigan State either. To clarify, I don't want to have half my team in the portal every year. But you should have a healthy mix of both. Right. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Completely agree. I I think it's then like the other thing is with the portal. Those players come like ready too. Like they're they're yeah. ready to go. So in, in some way, like a portal player is more valuable if you know what you're getting than a a high school kid is. Because how I many kids, how many kids are easier to come down right now? Oh, go ahead, guys. Go ahead, Jay. What do you say? Oh, I was just gonna say they're easier to scout. I would feel yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, and also, here's my thought: if what we're talking about is the transfer portal exodus, there's three solutions to it, right? To keep your roster filled. Either one, you sign more high school recruits, which is going to be a more downstream effect, takes longer for them to develop. Two, you sign guys out of the transfer portal, which they're like they've come ready to play. Like you said, they can piss off current guys in the roster. That's a problem, but they still have they're they're more you're more likely to get good players out of it. I think it's you know and closer to the to development date. Uh, third is you just let every player stay five years, every mediocre player stay five years, and hope some of them hit late in their career. That never happens. Like yeah. the number of guys at like Ohio State's level who are here for five years and don't do anything, uh, and then end up being good at the last year is like very rare. I feel like and Ex- exceedingly even, rare. Even Urban said that. Urban would say that all the time. Like it, it, you get a you get a log jam of players that you know just stick around and you, you look at all those linebackers it. last year. Look at yeah. Dallas Gann and uh, Kayvon Pope and all and Taraja Mitchell and Palladino Tete. There were like four guys who were in their fourth or fifth years in the linebacker spot who all sucked and got passed up by other linebackers who also sucked, but at least or a little bit younger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so Master I, Teague. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd play Master Teague at like linebacker before Kayvon Pope. Yeah, goddamn. I mean, but but like the, the you're exactly right. Like you have you have three options essentially, and Ohio State is choosing the worst one. You know, just just letting. That's your my read, stay. right? Am I wrong about that? That seems like the only three chance. That's only three answers you have. No, you're right. Or or give or give scholarships to walk-ons or something like that. Like that, yeah. that is the Clemson. That is, that's a Clemson thing. Yeah, I don't want right, the, yeah. whatever the shit Clemson's doing. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the Clemson <laughs> shit. I, you you can be Alabama or you can be Clemson, and I know which one I want. Yes. I, I like Ryan Day and by all accounts he's like a phenomenal human being. But there are don't care. Not, I don't care. Right. Yeah. But no, I mean it has nothing to do with the football. I mean, that's not why we pay him. You know, good dude, but like there are times that I'm reminded that he sought out, interviewed, and accepted a job with like burnout Urban Meyer in the burnout stage. And like how he handles the portal. And it's almost kind of like, well, we have our way of doing things. And how could they possibly come into like our culture and understand and get, you know, it, it, it reeks of like urbanism to me, if that yes. makes sense. There's yeah. a lack, in my opinion, and you see it in comments all the time. There is a lack of serious self-review and self-analysis. Uh, like when you compare it to other like high-level coaches, like what Saban's doing, what Dave Aranda's doing at Baylor and stuff like that, like – You'll hear, uh, like, you know, Kevin Wilson was out getting asked something about, like, the short yardage running game last year, which was a real problem. They couldn't run short yardage very often. Uh, you want to call it a line scheme, strength and conditioning. You want to call it run scheme, whatever you want to call it. They couldn't do it well. Uh, and he responded by saying, we've done a one offensive college football. What more do you want? Like, why should we work on getting better? We're number one. Was basically the, the thought process, and it's like that should never be your mindset about well, anything in life. And like, I and I think, like, to, to DJ's point too, like, and, and uh, kind of goes along the same same token. Everybody knew that Kerry Combs was fucked heading into the 2021 season, so except apparently stay? Ryan Day. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like just arbit- like he decided that it was the right thing to do. Everybody got a mulligan because the 2020 season was weird. It's like, Insane. I mean, that's, 
that's and then you heard that of course you saw those trial balloons getting floated by like the team homers too like the guys who who, like run the state department and uh, state media department for ohio state on the beat like started flowing those trial balloons the second he was going to do it that like yeah Ryan Day, considering you know the whole season was a moment, like that bullshit started getting floated yeah. out. Like, oh, we had no chance. Al- we had no chance with Alabama because of uh, three guys being out with COVID. We had no no prayer to ever get a win. Uh, it's it's COVID's fault. We that's why right. we were uncompetitive. That's why I lost by thirty points. But like get everybody the fuck knew. out of here. You you could have asked any high school coach in in Ohio what they thought of Kerry Combs and what they thought of him as a coordinator and what they thought of his defense, and every single one would have told you that Ryan Day needed to torch his ass. Every single yeah. one. Every single one. Well, and again, I always bring this guy up as like one of my platonic ideals of college football coaching. But again, look at Dave Aranda. He he got hired at Baylor, had a really tough first year taking over basically a whole brand new roster with limited training because of the COVID year. Uh, they kind of sucked in 2020. And he had an OC he thought was good before, uh, but he basically talked to BYU's OC. You had that crazy year with Zach Wilson, the number one offense in America, wherever they were that season, or number two, something like that. And he's like, well, fuck, I can get Jeff Grimes. I'll fire my guy right now. And he went out and did it. And guess what Baylor did? They went and won the Big 12 like right. in his second year. Second year as a head coach ever. And they won the Big 12, you know, went to the Sugar Bowl, I believe. Uh, they had a great, unbelievable season. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, because they, they constantly self-improved in this offseason. They had their starting quarterback coming back, uh, Jerry Bohannon, who's like the definition of a mediocre four-year starting college quarterback who's never going to be good. And they said, uh, we don't want you for fifth year, dude. We're going to start the freshman instead. We like him better. Yep. They just dumped their four-year starting quarterback because he wasn't good enough. Like, yep. imagine if Urban actually fell through on that with, with JT when Dwayne was in the roster, right? We right. won a national championship. Like, uh, th- that's like that's the, that's the difference. Or Joe making. Burrow. Or Joe Burrow, right. You have Either to one. be like, you have to be ruthless in, in, your, in your roster making, your decision making, your personal deployment and, to win. That's and all I'm, it is. I'm, I, the one thing I'm hoping is I'm hoping that Ryan Day learns better than Urban Meyer did because to Ryan Day's credit, he did like completely overhaul his coaching staff this off season. Uh, did he? he? He well, he made he made that move with with uh, with Stud. Stud, he, yeah, that's he got good. Rid of Stud. The whole the whole defense is gone essentially, minus Larry Johnson, which like I'm I'm cool with keeping Larry Johnson, whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, and like I mean, who else? Who else did you want fired? I mean, Kevin Wilson. I know you want Kevin Wilson fired. Well, I don't want Kevin Wilson. I don't want. I don't. Want, <laughs> I, I get in trouble. I want Parker Fleming out the fucking door. Yeah. I want five defensive coaches. That's what I right. want. I want to yeah. correct defensive makeup. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I don't want the entire front seven being coached or recruited by two guys who are like 65 plus and don't care about, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that, that's, yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. That's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I, I can only imagine being 65 and like getting on some bullshit, like connector flying out of <laughs> Baltimore, you know, well, don't worry. Jim Knowles just isn't. <laughs> Jim Knowles yeah. just isn't. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. So I think we got distracted by that. I think we started that conversation by talking was. about. I think I started talking about the linebackers that lost their black stripes. Black stripes. That's, that's what there. it was. Uh, well, some defensive backs lost their. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'll say this really quick. I was a little surprised that Jair Brown lost his black stripe this early. I don't think he had that in him. Uh, I saw him play live in high school, and I thought he kind of sucked. Um, that sucked. He's that. just little. He's just little. That. Uh, but it seems like he's playing well, and which is good because two of our four corners are hurt and the rest are true freshmen. So, uh, sick <laughs> carry over from the old play. regime there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be all right though. But yeah. Anyway, what else? We, we speaking of defensive backs, we had Jaden Bonds whose commitment to talk about, right? That was our next thing. Uh, yeah. Brian day heard, heard I put him on notice. He said that won't <laughs> do. I got to get my ass in gear. That's true. 
Noted, noted uh, media midfield subscriber, Ryan Day. Uh, you know he's on the boards. You know he's on the <laughs> I have my theories on who he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Jane Vonsu out of uh, St. Peter's Prep in New Jersey, number 259 player in the country, number 22 safety, four-star safety. He's like kind of a hybrid safety linebacker situation. Going to play that uh, that Sam linebacker maybe role for them. They have Court Williams playing. I don't know what he's going to do. It's supposed to be good. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> he hits like a fucking Mack truck. I'll give him that. Hits like crazy. Kind of looks I like uh, that. Yeah, he looks like Jaquan Brisker who played at Penn State the last few years. Um, so that's Ohio State's uh, third four-star safety commitment in this class, I believe. Yeah, because right, uh, they also the have. Dice. Yeah, all the dice, and not one of them will be good. And that's right. Pack your bags and see you it and see you in uh, <laughs> what Bowling Green. Yeah, pack your bags. Yeah, with, uh, how they could don't say that they could be here for six years. <laughs> <laughs> see, they're here. You're either hanging out with us or with Greg Shiano. Uh, uh, Take your pick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, he seems good. I like him actually. I mean, he's he's a pretty aggressive player, from what I can tell. I uh, they also have Cedric Hawkins in the class, so I think it's just kind of average. But I really like Malik Hartford and Jane Bonsu. I think it's a good pairing. Yeah, um, I like Malik Hartford Har- a lot. Hartford, Hartford's sick, man. He's he's really good. Uh, I don't know which. I, I think they're gonna try to play Hartford a deep safety though. I'm curious to see how he does there. Um, I, I think I think he's a guy that like you just want to get him in, and then yes. once you see him in camp, you you place him depending on what the team needs or whatever. He's he's a really versatile guy too. So I, sure. I really like him. Yeah, uh, he was in the same high school team as Shire Brown too. By the way, I saw them both uh, play together. So had that going for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my, my track record of, uh, of seeing high school athletes live is, is not great whatsoever. So I think the nice. only one that didn't you, that like, re- didn't you see guys get hurt a bunch or something? Wasn't that your thing? Um, Emery Who Jones, was that? Emery Jones. I was okay, there when he funny. got hurt. I famously broke that story. That was my, my recruiting writer, uh, when he, he tore or he separated his shoulder. I was on the sideline nice. for that. I wrote it up yeah. from a McDonald's parking lot. Um, but then um, I saw Todd Sibley and Danny Clark. I saw um, oh, who was the Brenton Cox. I saw Brenton Cox. Oh yeah, <laughs> never, he's never still playing college State. ball, dude. You know he's he still is. playing college ball. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, and he has, saw the Joe, last four Joe games Burrow. of last season. He had four. He had seven sacks in the last four games of Florida last year. That's that's a guy who figured insane. out his fifth year. He's got a sixth year now. That's that's yeah. the, that's the guy Ohio State fans are dreaming about. We're, we're playing, yeah. if we just have thirty of these guys, we'll get one of them eventually. Like that. That's what people are saying. Right. That's the Ryan Day method, baby. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Also, we got the Quinn Ewers uh, scrimmage news. You guys hear about this stuff? Uh, honestly, I heard. No. I've been bum juice. The word is he's bomb juice. Yeah, he was. Really? Uh, he, he had the scrimmage against uh, you know the, him and Hudson Card are competing for the uh, quarterback job at Texas. Uh, they had another scrimmage, and apparently Quinn Ewers took like multiple bad sacks or interception, and was like worse than Card the whole day, uh, hmm. which is not what you want to see for your <laughs> alleged five star quarterback. Uh, and they also lost two of their offensive starters to season ending knee injuries in the same scrimmage. They. Uh, they had their wide receiver, um, what is it, Isaiah Nayer, who's a transfer from Wyoming, and their offensive lineman, uh, Junior Angelou, uh, both are out for the year with knee injuries after that scrimmage. And their quarterback sucks, so tough. Couldn't be, couldn't be my offense, but <laughs> yeah, right. It, it is, it is like I, I was, I was a huge Quinnerus guy, like coming out of high school. Like I, I did like him, 
But it would be hilarious if he ended up being Tate Martell, wouldn't it? Like, I, yes. I was going to say, I, I'm getting Tate Martell vibes from him. Did you guys Tate see my Mar- post Tate Mar- about Tate Martell with the truck? <laughs> Did you guys see my post about all of the quarterbacks that have committed to Ohio State? It's like more than, I think it's more than 18 months out of their original national signing day. They've all been terrible. It's like, uh, yeah. I got to pull this up. Um, yeah, I remember reading that list. I think you put it in the forums. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up right now. Well, it, 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 it's, exact, it's exactly what we talked about our first our first show. When it's like quarterbacks in general, you want to get them when they're like rising up at, at the end of their like high school career. Like CJ Stroud was like a, a fast riser and like, you know, nowhere near his potential when he signed at Ohio State. When when you recruit these guys who are like the best quarterbacks in the country when they're sophomores, like, yeah, like they're they're not. I don't know the 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 odds that somebody who's somebody who's the best quarterback in the country is a freshman or a sophomore remains the best quarterback in the country like throughout the the whole cycle is like feels astronomically tough. low. Yeah, that's like and a like LeBron the, trajectory. Right, and and there are some there are some who do like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. You know, um, I I think Dylan Rayola maybe maybe we'll see. Um, like yeah. he, he's, he's definitely one of those guys that's like way too early, but I, I really like him. I, I don't think he's going to be that, that sort of guy that flames out, but so I, mean, I, got, they're, they're... I got the list here, by the way. Oh, sorry. Go okay, ahead. Give, yeah. give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's a list of all quarterbacks that have committed uh, to Ohio state in the day Meyer era, more than a year out from their original signing day. So basically counting Quinn Ewers reclass as part of this 2017, Danny Clark, 2018, Emory Jones, 2020, Jack Miller. 2021, Kyle McCord. 2021, also Quinn Ewers, technically 2022. Uh, 2024, Dylan Rayola. Not make, not, not feeling not great. Good company. <laughs> not good company there. No. No. I mean, he could miss. So he's either LeBron or one of those guys. Yes. Yeah. Oof, yeah. that's tough. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a meaningful statistic. I don't think there's anything to it. It's, like, it, it's just what... It. But it is just, funny. It's just that early evaluation of quarterbacks is hard. It just is. Like, yes. I mean, I, I think everybody thought Danny Clark was going to be awesome, like when he first committed to Ohio State. And... Well, Mark Antony didn't. You've heard the story uh, no. that whenever Danny Clark, <laughs> whenever uh, whenever Danny Clark was uh, going to camp at Ohio State as a freshman, he just like I guess I don't know, tore it up in eighth grade football or whatever he was doing. I don't know what the story was, but he was on Ohio State's radar before he showed up, and. Uh, uh, they had had a meeting beforehand. Like we're all excited about Danny. He's getting some offers, but we're going to watch him throw today. Make some decisions, like wait a little bit make some decisions later on. We'll talk to it. And you know, Danny comes in wearing his Buckeye gear. He's all rah, rah. He's like, nice to meet you, Mr. Meyer. Like, how are you doing? Thank you, coach. The whole, just playing up the local right. Ohio boy act. And, uh, you know, our Meyer is that Republican bullshit. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, yeah. you know, Danny, Danny makes like, you know, a, like 10 throws or something like that. in the, uh, in the, uh, against air portion of the quarterback camp, uh, and her Meyer walks up and goes, you got an offer to Ohio state. And Danny just goes, I'm committing. <laughs> 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 and they had like just talked about it minutes before that he should not be doing that. Uh, uh, so that's, uh, that's how it happened. And then uh, the great news is we replaced them with Tate Martell. So just too awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, to, to and, be fair, I was I was on board with with replacing him with Tate Martell too. So <laughs> I, well, you, I I fell for it. Yeah, yeah I, I did too. I, I I was I was buying what what Tate Martell was selling for a little bit. So he had the juice. You got to give him this. He had com- he had a lot of confidence. He did. I mean, he, he did. He, he did. And right until he was watching that basketball the bitter end in the rafters. That's one of the most legendary stories in like, Oh dude, 
they just, had them watching. They should have had them watching for the projector outside that they do for uh, for like hockey games, NHL playoff games. They got to put them out yeah. in the uh, in the lawn chair seats. <laughs> did you Did you guys see that he was he was at the Ohio State Michigan game, the most recent Ohio State Michigan game, as a fan in the stands wearing Dude, an Ohio State curse. sweatshirt? Did he put his curse on us? Did he, maybe did he that's put the likes on us? <laughs> yeah. Oh I, no. So, he put our name in the freezer before he left home. Uh, must be. Must you guys be. ever heard that one? Do you have any Italians in your family? You guys got any? App, nope. No, uh, it's like we got in like honkies. My grandma uh, was all Italian, and it's like an Italian curse to somebody. If you're like uh, wishing ill upon someone, you put their, you write their name on a piece of paper and put it in the freezer. Uh, and uh, <laughs> DJ, let me, get out, my, let me get out my pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom said at one point in time there were like 20 names in their freezer. I think <laughs> I'm gonna have to use that one. Yeah, so if you ever got the enemies, just just throw them in there. You guys can't use that against me, by the way. <laughs> I'm immune. Uh, but yes, to, to the original question, I, it would be hilarious if if Quinn Ewers was just like not good. Um, did, did you guys hear me and Patrick's theory on, on flipping the field for this? What they should do? No. Uh, it's the it's it's the Hudson card. Basically, they should be using him as an injury dummy for Quinn Ewers because the Texas <laughs> offensive line was already going to be terrible before this year, and they just lost their best alignment to that knee injury. So they play Alabama week two with, of course, the famous oh Will Anderson yeah. and Dallas Turner defensive end, uh, the, the pass rushing combo, probably the best pass rushing duo maybe ever in college football coming back. Like it's going to be insane. Uh, and I said, you play quit Hudson Card week one and two, let him get torn apart by these Alabama defensive ends, then bring in Quinn for week three once Hudson loses the job on the field. Makes yeah, sense let, to me. yeah that's, that's fair. Let him be the savior. He's got the no no pressure, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's so. my thought. But, but then if he's still bad. You, you, yeah, you and you're fucked. Then you are just yeah. fucked, yeah. <laughs> so. I guess we'll find out how much the coaching staff likes him. Because it's like Spansky yeah. and Baker Mayfield. Spansky was just like, I'm throwing his ass out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what else do we have? We got DJ. I think you can tell us about this. Just speaking of a little Urban Meyer news here. Oh, God. Damn. I believe you're, you've, been, you've been doing some, some literature. You've been diving into the books. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I enjoy reading. I try to do this thing where I don't, I don't, I try to stay away from sports books because a lot of them are just like hokey and stuff. Except for like, Old school. I'll read that. But, you know, I was sitting there and, you know, as an Ohio State fan, so I've got this sick, you know, perverted obsession with how I can, you know, try to take down Urban Meyer a peg or two at all times. It's going through my mind. And I was sitting there and I forget how I came up with that idea, but I was like, holy, like, we should, I should revisit that book, like Above the Line, uh, Lessons in Leadership from a Championship Program. Uh, I was like, I bet that looks funny in retrospect, knowing what we know happened immediately after that. And so I got a used copy for like six bucks from the book loft, which is about five ninety nine too much for my liking. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I banged it out in about two days. And oh, bro, it's like it's everything. Like like I said in the article that I wrote, that I'm gonna unlock my, uh, you know, it will be unlocked by the time this is on uh, posted. Like the most interesting, like. The most interesting part comes in like the, fir- the, the first couple pages and the first last pages. Cause in the first couple pages, he's talking about like, Oh, like, you know, he strikes out and he runs eight miles home. He's my dad didn't make me do that, but he would have. And he talks about like his dad, like 
And then he branches into his dad being a Catholic, like him being a Catholic seminary or school, Catholic school or whatever, and being like, he got into some mischief. And his, his like the, the nun or whatever called uh, his, his, his dad and was like, you know, what do you want, what do you want me to do with him? And he's like, do whatever you want. Use a ruler. <laughs> do, do what, like, do whatever you want to him. And it's like, holy crap! Like, I, Bud Meyer, like, like, I mean, you, you talk like that, you know, with a teacher, like, and it was just mischief or whatever. And you're just like, you know, beat him <laughs> like, uh, with a ruler. Like, use a form. It was like he, he was chewing gum in class. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and you know, and like this guy, like Bud, I mean, Bud Meyer gave four thousand dollars to Lyndon Larouche, who was basically a Holocaust denying, like, paranoia fringe figure. He was like the QAnon candidate of 1988, which, which was the equivalent of like $13,000. Um, he made, he used to make like, he had, uh, one of his former defensive coordinators, like talked to Pete Tamil when he was with the New York times the night before the championship game. And he was like, yeah, his dad would like make him run home. He's like, they, they played this game. Oh, I read this. It was one of the top performers. And then his dad, like they still lost. And his dad legit made him run like eight miles home. So by his senior year, of course, Urban was running by his home because he probably was scared as hell of getting beat by his dad. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's clearly just how he talks about it. You pick, he never really mentions his mother at all. And like that would have been, you know, when he talks about, you know, my dad is responsible for who I am, he's absolutely right about that. But he usually means it when this, you know, when he's on the verge of like his first championship, when he's about to kick the shit out of that kind of grandpa, Jim Trestle, and he knew he was going to do it. Um, but he made all like all the flaws. Like, I think like the paranoia and just like, it's my way or the highway and the flashes, the anger that he has, you can kind of deduce directly flowed from Bud Meyer, but he won't, you know, he, he, he brushes that all off. He just says, you know, he was old school by old school standards, which, you know, let you know is another fucking window into what his <laughs> life was like. And, uh, oh, and another time he, he tells this his, first grader is he wouldn't leave his sister alone. That's how he described it in the book. He wouldn't leave her alone. And his dad was like, you need to handle this. And so urban went up. He's a third grader punched this first grader in, in the nose. And like, right got, Let's go. Yeah. Urban. Got, uh, yeah, got in trouble for it, and his dad like took him out to a fancy dinner. And it's, Urban said that he they got there, and he was like, "Sit at the head of the table, like you're a man now." Like family, <laughs> is it, family is everything. And I, I would love to read a. We should do like a, a feminist Urban Meyer column at some point in time. Like Urban Meyer's less than feminism. <laughs> I think that'd be. A good <laughs> and you realize, like, and then twenty, you know, and then you know, however many years later, forty years later. He is harboring and protecting, you know, a guy like Zach Smith, who he sees his family from his mentor, Bruce Smith. And it all kind of like, and you kind of just, I mean, he is who he is for very obvious reasons. But if you just look at what you have to look between the lines and what he's saying. And then the yeah. second, of, I look above the, the line, of the book, you know, I look above right? the line though. That's the way I view it. I live the, life. the middle of the book is basically a recounting. And you're like, oh, maybe he'll have like, you know, quips or whatever. I mean, he's got John Simon in there yelling before a game. He's got JT Barrett in there yelling before a game. Um, but it's pretty much like just a play by play recounting of like the plays. And it's like, I know that I know about Evan Spencer. I watched, first, you know, <laughs> I, I was there. I watched. Like, I'm not interested in that. And then he mixes it in with the E plus R equals O and the Tim Kite uh, voodoo. 
um, leadership that would look a lot more impressive if, if we didn't know how that system imploded at Ohio State and then later uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then at the end, right, when you're just dozing off at the end, and they're at the championship game and they literally the last couple pages. <laughs> And he's like, you know, like, boys, I'm going to show you, like, I'm going to show you our motivational uh, video. Like, Dave Shell, like, they'd had all the videos. And he's at the end of this video, there's going to be a clip that I want you to watch. And I basically, I had to reread it three times. It basically, he says that they showed the assassination of Osama bin Laden. Like, they showed, Let's like, go. Seal, <laughs> like, the SEAL Team 6 video. And he said, like, end of it. One of the guys comes up to the shooter and he's like, do you understand what you just did? And he's like, guys, like tonight when that clock strikes zero, the teammate's going to come up to you and you're going to say, you know, uh, like, do you understand what you just did? And you're going to be able to look back at him and say, we're national champions. Now let's go get like, the shit out of Oregon. And you can't argue with the results. Right. You know? They intoned Oregon in the bottom of an ocean. Like they drop them off a liner on the way back. But I'm just like, Dude. holy crap. Like, and if you think about it, honestly, what's the difference between Beaverton, Oregon, and Phil Knight's compound versus what Osama had set up in Islamabad yeah. there? And, uh, back <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm not That's seeing too fair. much difference. And I bet you, I bet you this, I bet Phil Knight had an even bigger porn collection than Osama did. <laughs> Allegedly. Have you guys read about that? Have you read about uh, uh, Osama's porn collection he had on hand yes. at, the, at the compound? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and some, I forget. I saw a tweet. Some some reporter was on Bill Mayer, Bill Meyer, uh, like back in like 2010, like way before he got assassinated, and was like, uh, "Yeah, oh, he's. I've heard he's living in a villa, a very luxurious villa in Pakistan." <laughs> and Bill Meyer just like laughs at Bill Meyer just laughs at her, and it's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever," and like goes on to the next thing. It's like, oh. <laughs> you know? "All right," <laughs> but it's like, I'm, where did Urban get this footage? <laughs> right. Like you can't just pull up, you know. And yeah. so I was when, when, I was, when you when you said that when you said that I was like I don't I don't think that that's like publicly available. Like I don't I don't know if I've seen that. <laughs> oh, you know he's got you know he's got guys inside. Yeah, easily. I, I've, heard, like, no, I've I've heard I've heard stories about like when Trump was president of. I'm I'm not gonna implicate specific individuals, but of like something going wrong and Urban just like calling Trump on his phone, just like dialing up Donald Trump and being like, Hey, I need a favor. Like I have heard stories of that going on. So like, oh, I know. <laughs> yes. I can't believe you're yes. telling me this live on the podcast. I can't believe I, I need, I need more on this. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you on, on a live because I need to protect the people involved, but I have heard stories of that, like actually happening. Well, listeners, that's our episode. We're gonna get out of here. <laughs> I mean, Woody. Woody called Nixon. I mean, it, it fit. I mean, Woody called Nixon, begged him not yeah. to resign. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah. Could you imagine if it worked too? By the way, could you imagine if it, if he was like, "Well, the ball coach said I got to stay in the job. I can't get out of here yet." <laughs> <laughs> who is? I guess I don't know who. Uh, we, well, this is a future episode for us one day. It's like presidents who would have listened to football coaches. We need a president who's, who's following football coaches' direction. That's what we need going on in this country. I'll tell you that. Not in Joe Biden's yeah, America. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's a big test for Ryan like Ryan Day this year. You know, because I, I will like like you were saying earlier, he's a good guy, but like if if we go eleven and two, if I have to be satisfied with eleven two Rose Bowl again, which he himself has already said is unacceptable, then man, 
Shit. I mean, if Donald Trump's in, not in jail, we might have to get him. We might need a Republican to restore greatness to this. <laughs> Man, here's here's the problem, too. You know, under Ryan Day, we're talking about Rose Bowl. We're also talking about losing Roe v. Wade under Ryan Day. What's up with that? Ryan Day can't do enough to... <laughs> I didn't remember, remember us losing to Fortune Axe under Urban Meyer. I'll tell you that right now. He, he didn't let that stuff happen on his watch. <laughs> I mean, he, he did have a big sign in the locker room that said respect women, so... It's true. Where's that sign in Ryan Day's? No? I'm not hearing about it. <laughs> All right, guys, we should get out of here. Uh, you got their episode. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll be back with you guys. Uh, we're we're next so sorry. Week. Yeah, talk some more ball. This is our what? This is the, I guess this is going to be our uh, second to last non-game week episode. So I think next week we're going to come in talk about the kind of the start of the Big Ten season. I think is our game plan. Maybe maybe some news. See what's going on in the in camp. And then, maybe uh, maybe more maybe more terrorist uh, assassinations. Some more assassinations, of course. We got two in today. We had Osama and Princess yeah. Diana. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we might sneak some more yeah. in next week. Yeah, great uh, his, historical assassinations podcast. I do have I do have a Photoshop. I do have a Photoshop of a JFK and a Buckeye guys Buckeye mobile car. Uh, I can send that to you guys if you oh, make God. use of that. <laughs> oh God! Uh, but um, anyway, yeah, listen, subscribe to Meet at Midfield. Uh, our premium episodes of this are coming soon, so we'll tell you guys more about that in the next couple of weeks. Notre Dame just around the corner. Subscribe to the website. Come join the Ohio State and Michigan fans on there. Buy a shirt from Homefield Apparel. Um, that's it's, it. Sounds exactly like it says Homefield Apparel, but there's no e in apparel on the website. Homefieldapparel.com. Um, go buy a Buckeye shirt. Um, kiss a Buckeye fan in the cheek uh, and subscribe to me to midfield. Go Bucks.